1: Hello and welcome back to the Statman Dave football podcast. I'm of course Statman Dave and this is a football podcast. This is episode 35. On today's episode we're going to be chatting about the news, then we're going to talk a little bit of fantasy football, move on to previewing the top games in Europe this weekend and finish up with a little bit of a QA. But first up, let's do comment of the week because it's something that the Front Three, great podcast, do every single week and I quite enjoy it so I want to get some more people reviewing the podcast on iTunes. Make sure to go over iTunes and give it a cheeky little review. So comment of the week either is going to come from um, Kieran Hufan or Harry Fisher Class DM, both coming in with some great comments. The first up, um, Kieran whose title is just great. Sick in the Head. A perfect analysis of the podcast. His comment goes as follows. Lots of great analysis from Dave. Some tasty gravits. And yes, yes, Lawrence, the production values are decent. Keep it up. But I think comment of the week has got to go to Harry Fisher. Class DM. I reckon he's proper de- decent at defensive midfield. You know, we'll clean up in front of the back, spread the play, get the pay started. And the title is, I'd, li- I'd like to... The title is, I would make love to Dave. Uh, Dave is love, Dave is life. This is quite funny because, um, you know, my mum... Uh, who was a listener of the podcast. Hi, mum. Uh, she was uh, just reading the reviews and she, she questioned me, Dave, what does this mean? And I said, mum, Harry's right. Dave is life. Dave is love. And that was the end of that discussion. But anyway, let's move on to the news where the Telegraph are reporting that United are ready to trigger Antoine Griezmann's release calls of £85 million. I've already given you my opinions on Griezmann. He'd be a fantastic addition to the Premier League and to Manchester United and really take them to that next level of being um, you know, competitive for the title and in the Champions League. Griezmann is an elite forward, an elite goal scorer, an elite player all round. Make sure you go and check out um, Atletico this weekend. I think they are playing, a, they're playing away against Malaga so that could be a real good game also Camacho plays for Malaga has been pretty decent in defensive midfield this season so if you want to check out Griezmann I think that is at around uh, quarter to eight on Saturday evening that's English time that'll be a, a banging game but there's other games that you potentially should be watching ahead of that at the same time unfortunately in other news um, Mochi's agreed uh, a deal to leave Sevilla that's the guy that's brought Dani Alves even Rakitic Julio Baptista Adriano Sado Chieta Kondogbia Carlos Bacca, and Alex Vidal to Sevilla made massive profits on those players. Players, um, and, and done a great job and really kept Sevilla competitive even though every single season they'd lose their stars. But again, yeah, he's moving to Roma. That could be really exciting for Serie has got a load, no, a number of brilliant coaches in and now we're seeing some brilliant directors of football um, in Monchi coming over to Roma. So that could be really good news for Roma. A good shout out to... Uh, Mikel Antonio that he used to work with at Squawker, a big Roma fan and he'll be uh, delighted with this acquisition. The last little bit of news I want to talk about is the American journo that Ash Bastian Schweinsteiger if he thinks he can help Chicago Fire win the World Cup. Um, It wasn't a prank. He's given an interview afterwards um, and apparently just didn't know much about football and that was his question. God knows what's going on in the world of uh, journalism and how these guys get access to these great players and great interviews. You know, I'm sure I wouldn't have asked Bastian Schweinsteiger whether he can help Chicago Fire win the World Cup. Probably would have asked about how he um, transitioned from being a left midfielder to being a central midfielder and being one of the best in the world. That would be an interesting little bit of chat with Bastian. But anyway, you know, I don't have access to him, unfortunately. So before we dive into the previews, let's talk a bit about fantasy football. So over the last few weeks, I've not really been taking care of my fantasy football team. I've had the likes of Gabbiadini go out injured uh, and Matt Phillips, who are two big point scorers for me uh, in, in recent weeks and this season. Um, and I've not really been taking notice, but we've made some big transfers. We've bought some players in. Sergio Aguero and uh, Coutinho come in for my side. Back to front, I'm going to go with a 4-4-2 fostering goal my defence is going to be Walker, David Luiz, uh, Mawson and McCauley. obviously McCauley, the top scoring defender in the Premier League this season with his head, uh, joint with obviously uh, James Milner who's been playing slightly in midfield occasionally, but usually at fullback, so it's a little bit tied up there, into the midfield Gilfie Sigurdsson who's just been in blinding form in terms of the last month or so uh, he's created more chances than any other player in the Premier League and he's getting those shots on goal as well, he's been a massive asset to Fernando Llorente, assisting him with crosses or set-piece deliveries, obviously no, grass uh, over at West Ham probably might take him out next week. Sterling and Coutinho finishes up the midfield and then Lukacs and Sergio Aguero up front. I reckon that could be a pretty decent team. Could throw David Luiz to left back if this actually would work um, on midfield two of uh, Coutinho and Gilfie Sigurdsson, you know, great holding players there. And they're the front two. But in terms of the two players I brought in, I brought in Coutinho because he showed some good form for Brazil over the international break. To scored a really good goal um, in the game on Wednesday evening. Similar with Sergio Aguero, he's started to hit a bit form for Manchester City and for Pep Guardiola's side. So I'm looking at Aguero being a big point scorer in the next few weeks. Yes, they've got Arsenal, but I kind of expect Manchester City to beat this Arsenal side comfortably. Uh, but we'll talk about that a little bit in further detail in later weeks. Other players that you obviously you must have at the moment, you've got to have Guilfie Sigurdsson. I mentioned that before, and um, someone like Coutinho will be a, a must-have over the next few weeks. But that's it. Deli Alley could be another good option in terms of his um, shots on goal. Recently, they've been pretty decent. Uh, you know, seven in the last month uh, on target without being blocked, which is a good metric should judge midfielders. But also, if you wanted to look at Ross Barkley. Uh, in the last month, only Gilfie Sigerton's created more chances than him. And Lukaku is in scintillating in, form. So if you want to rack up a few more points with your assists, Ross Barkley could be the man there. But anyway, that's about that for fantasy football. So I've brought in Aguero and Coutinho. I think that was for uh, Ibrahimovic and De Bruyne. Obviously, Ibrahimovic still out suspended following that little bit of a naughty uh, elbow on time Ty- Tyro Mings. But anyway, let's do the preview. So to start off on the previews, we're going to start in the Bundesliga. The Revere Derby, Schalke versus Borussia Dortmund, one of the most you know, eagerly anticipated games of the season. Uh, they get the first game of the the tie this season, finishing in a 0-0 draw, but it was a pretty decent game. Uh, Shinji Kigawa, I think, hit the part post and had a pretty decent game in centre and midfield. But in terms of what's going to happen, I think it's going to play out. Um, Thomas Tuchel's team will take the ball. Schalke looking to play on the counter attack like they've done in recent weeks. Um, Goretzka's look pretty decent. Max Myers look pretty good as well, but they're both a little bit inconsi- bit inconsistent. Like some some weeks they'll be really good, other weeks they'll be quite poor. In terms of the player that you got to look out for for Schalke at the moment, it's Bergstaller. The sort of Bundesliga's Jamie Vardy. That's what the the pundits over there are calling him. This season he scored 20 goals in 32 games for uh, Nuremberg and Schalke. Moved to Schalke in January. In his nine appearances in the Bundesliga, he's grabbed four goals and two assists. Sort of similar to Jamie. Vardy in terms of how he's been around the, the lower leagues and this is finally he's finally got to that top level again his work rate is similar to Jamie Vardy how he does pressurize defenders he does close them down and he isn't a natural finisher but he's just found a method at the moment to score goals so it's, it could be um, a good uh, avenue for Schalke on the counter-attack to test out Thomas Falls back three which I expect to be uh, Pishtek, Socrates and of course uh, Mark Bartra, nailed it.com. In terms of Thomas Tuchel's side and then attacking sense, the, attack the wing-backs have done really well in recent weeks getting played through by Weigl and, and Castro, so that's got to be something that Schalke need to deal with. But also Uzman Dembele, who's having a fantastic season, has been directly involved in 15 goals this season in the Bundesliga. That's the joint most of any player under 19 in Europe's top five leagues, levelled with one and only Kien Mbappe, the Monaco superstar. But yeah, if you want to keep... Um, Schalke need to keep a, a close eye on those wing-backs, assisting Aubameyang, who is the top scorer in the Bundesliga this season, with 23 goals, having a fantastic campaign, and could be on the move in the summer. In terms of score predictions, I think I'm going to go with uh, Dortmund. I think they, they've shown him in in, uh, in recent weeks they're starting to hit a little bit of form, a little bit of momentum's going with them. So, yeah, I'm going to go Dortmund 3-2. It's going to be a banger. That is at 2.30 on Saturday, so make sure you stay tuned to that. In terms of other games on Saturday, of course, the Merseyside derby that's, that kicks off at... Um, that's going to be an interesting one with the big injury news for Liverpool. That Lalana picked up an injury; it was out for a month um, with England, and of course uh, Henderson now is apparently out the game, which leaves Liverpool very light in central midfield. Potentially, we may see Lucas, Emre, uh, Chan, and of course w- uh, Wijnaldum in central midfield. Again, Lucas very very poor at defensive midfield. For me, doesn't give it Liverpool enough in a ball playing sense. If uh, Everton sit back and counter attack, you ain't going to get through that deep pack with someone like Lucas in the side. In terms of Wijnaldum, he's been decent this. Season, but his Premier League record in goals is really interesting. He scored 16 goals in the Premier League, 11 for Newcastle, five for Liverpool. All have come at home. So potentially, if you want to, you know, get your cash on something, go for Wayne first goal scorer, or just Wayne scorer score at any time against Everton. He seems to pop up with goals against the bigger sides. In terms of Everton, bad injury news: uh, Funes Mori got injured with Argentina. Of course, Seamus Coleman picking up that horrible leg break for the Republic of Ireland. F- potentially Mason Holgate could come in for Seamus Coleman that's kind of the only guy I can see in their squad that could play on that right hand side as a fullback you think potentially James McCarthy could be another option but he's out injured as well bad injury news at the moment at Everton but with Lukaku and Ross Barkley they've got two of the most in attacking players in the Premier League Lukaku this season 20 goals and 6 assists incredible and Barkley the uh, top assisting Englishman this year with 7 assists in the Premier League and the last month I mentioned before chance creation wise he's a uh, top dog with gilfie Sigurdsson they're mid- field potentially, that's where the battle is going to be won and lost. Um, and i kind of giving it to Everton ahead of Liverpool right now with uh, Adrissi Guy, obviously the wonderful ability to win the ball back uh, in the Premier League, and Tom Davies, and of course, Gareth Barry. If, if Tom Davies and uh, Guy can open up space for Barry to maybe dictate the play, that's where Everton could win this game, up against uh, Can, Lucas and Wijnaldum. I don't really see a controller in there, so this could be a big game for Gareth Barry. What Tom Davies has done this season for Everton is, is pretty incredible. Uh, you know... In terms of his age as well, 18 years old, three assists, which is an incredible record for the um, 18-year-old. Also that great goal he scored against Manchester City, the chop, the finish, the chip and so forth. Could be a big, big player in this game. But in terms of the Merseyside derby, where are we going to go? Maybe, I reckon, I'm going to go a 2-2 draw. I reckon there'll be goals. I reckon Lukaku will grab two. And obviously, Philip Coutinho, big Philly C, coming back from Brazil, bagging some goals. So let's move on in the day. So uh, it's three o'clock. You've just cracked open your first lager, you're ready to go. You want some stats for Man United versus West Bromwich Albion in the Premier League. Of course, the game that you're going to be watching. Well, first up, let's talk West Brom, who have scored um, 49% of their goals in the Premier League this season from set pieces. Either wide free kicks, penalties, or of course, corners in terms of the goals that's, that works out as 18 goals which is pretty incredible that's more than any other side but if you break down their corners they've scored 14 goals from corners that's five more than any other team you know the assets that they've got obviously the um, Gareth McCauley saw Craig Dawson bag a, a brace against Arsenal in the last week of the Premier League that's where United need to be really really awake on set pieces I'd argue that they, they, they should avoid conceding set pieces if they can um, you know clear the ball upfield go for that don't concede uh, corners or don't you know, commit fouls in those wide areas because they've got some players that got cracking delivery. You're thinking of the likes of Nessa Chadley in recent weeks. Um, Chris Brunt, who's got one of the best left foots in football. What West Brom do quite well as well is they they crowd that near post, look for flick-ons and then it's finished in, finished tucked in at the back post. So United just need to be aware. I think Maran Faini has to start in this game if he's fit because I think that height give, will give United a little bit of an edge. Obviously, Smalling and Jones both picking up injuries um, for England um, probably will leave Ro- uh, Rojo and
0: Post your
1: free job on linkedin.com people today. And Bayi, which could work on paper, both Spanish, both could communicate a lot quicker. Uh, well, both Spanish speaking, should I say, uh, could communicate a lot quicker than having to translate it to English and go forth so it could be a good thing with David De and Antonio Valencia again, Spanish speaking but again it opens up that that rashness I don't know if those two players have got enough control maybe this could be a really good time to see whether Bay can play as the calm defender you know having Rojo being a little bit, you know, a bit of the loose chicken the more aggressive centre back Bay just sitting back and reading the game because he's, he's brilliant at reading the game um, in the game against Borough he made eight interceptions and that was four more than any other play on the pitch so he's got that ability to read sometimes he is aggressive and I like it when he's aggressive but this game he he needs to be the guy chilling out and sitting back and waiting for the right moment to make that tackle. In terms of going forward, United, um, their big players this season, obviously Juan Mata and Mkhitaryan that could be reunited in a 4-2-3-1, which I hope you know those two together have, have combined so well for moves for Manchester United, and they play off each other quite well. They seem to be like both in the same sort of part of their career, 29 years old, bouncing off of each other. Mkhitaryan scored a goal for Almenia in the week, so there's some good news there. But it, I think Jess Lingard should play as well. He was fantastic against West Brom in the, uh, the, uh, the tie at the Hawthorns. Um, got that wonderful assist for Zlatan. His pace is what West Brom could not deal with. He kept on getting behind the West Brom defence and it was a big asset for United on that first goal. The ball over the top for Valencia. First tie, well, Second touch, cross for uh, Lingard and then simplified home from Zlatan. Zlatan was really good against West Brom. It's going to be a bit of a miss. What Marcus Rashford will give us is that pace. Will give Manchester United is that pace. And Jess Lingard found him quite well against Borough, you know, in the channels. So I kind of want Jess Lingard to start. I did think Anthony Martial should start, but I think kind of gone back on that and I want to see Jess Lingard start this game. But score prediction-wise for this game, I'm going to go Manchester United 3, West Brom Albion 1. Going to be an interesting uh, game. I reckon United will switch to this 3-4-3 when they've grabbed a goal and look to hit West Brom on the counter-attack. So... That's it. It's five o'clock on, on Saturday. Uh, you, you're thinking about what, what sort of uh, takeaway to get, whether you want to get a kebab in or what you want to do. Anything on the TV, Dave? Uh, Saturday night? Maybe I want to watch a film? No, you don't. The Coupe, the League final is on in France PSG versus Monaco the big one I cannot wait for this game I'm really excited for how this could pan out you're thinking uh, how PSG will deal with the the Monaco fullbacks Mendy and Sadibi. you know those two players have combined for a lot of goals this season for Monaco and uh, whenever Monaco transition the ball you, you sort of pause the play uh, this season it's really interesting to see how both Sadibi and Mendy are usually ahead of their wide players on the flanks and it's you know it's an incredible system that Yardim's got these guys playing but the big thing is, can Di Maria and Julian Draxler deal with that and cope with that forward play? I'd potentially say Unai Emery needs to play Blaise Metuidi, uh, left midfield to deal with Sadio's runs forward and then potentially play another... Um, you know, you could play one of the attackers on that right-hand side, maybe a, a Di Maria, and then try and get one of the central midfielders, Rabiot, maybe to cover over that flank. But it's going to be an interesting game in a tactical sense. You know, other things, can Silva and Marquinhos deal with two direct opponents in Falcao and Mbappe, who have been in great form in recent weeks, and their relationship is fantastic. Um, I finding that they kind of understand each other's game, and, and for a young player, that's great, um, sort of, a great understanding from Mbappe. I think of the goal that Mbappe scored against City. Great movement off the ball from Falcao to drop deep. Mbappe goes in behind, finishes, tucks the ball home. Um, and in recent weeks, the, the first goal in the hat-trick Mbappe scored against Metz was a little knockdown from Falcao. So I think they're starting to evolve their strike partnership. And Marquinhos and Silva are going to have a big, big game. They're used to playing against one forward. So when there's two up against them, I am looking forward to this. Also Mendy and, and Silva. Coming into that inside, they're going to have to be dealt with the likes of Verratti. Whether it is Rabiot or Thiago Motta or whoever comes in there, It's going to be, they'll have to deal with that space in front of the back four where Silva and Lamar are so deadly. You know, you go back to the last game at the Pot de France. Uh, PSG winning the game, one goal to nil. 90th minute. Corner comes out. Little layoff uh, from Sadibi to uh, Silva. Silva fires the ball home. Grabs a vital point in the title race. I'm going to go Monaco. I want Monaco to win this. This could be a big, big, big win for Monaco if they can take this title they take this first title this year the treble could be on I think the problem with um, the Borussia Dortmund team when they got to the finals of the the Cups is they kind of struggled in the finals there was a great game where Kagawa completely tore Bayern Munich apart but apart from that They weren't as clinical as they should have been under Jurgen Klopp. And it's a similar side. It's a young side. And if Jardim wants to go where he wants to go with his side, this is a massive game. This could be a real momentum builder for Monaco to win the league and to go on to compete for the Champions League title. But that's it for Saturday's football. On to Sunday, of course. Uh, We've got Arsenal versus Manchester City in the Premier League at four o'clock. The last game, Manchester City were a goal down at half-time and... Pep Guardiola made a pretty very you know pretty decent tactical change. Brought on Leroy Sane. Sane, Sane changed the game for me. Scored a goal, but was uh, very direct in his play. And Arsenal really couldn't deal with City's runners from midfield when there was that extra man that could dribble. You know they had Sterling in that first half, but then getting Sane on the other flank in a way opened up space for Silva and. Um, De Bruyne to, to playmate, they both grabbed an assist in that second half and obviously Sterling and Sane grabbed the goals. Aguero though, Aguero the Aguero factor is back, he looks hungry, he looks like he's playing for his, his future at Manchester City um, under Pep Guardiola and this is a big, big game for him and I expect him to be hungry, tenacious and I'm going to go an Aguero hat-trick, 4-0 Manchester City. Arsenal-Fanty, riot, it's going to blow up. Riot's in North London, mentalness. But anyway... Let's move on to uh, the Sunday evening where you're going to chill out with the girlfriend, put your arm over her shoulder or your boyfriend or, you know, wh- whoever you're spending the evening with. You can give them a cuddle. It's f- it's fine to cuddle people. Um, Napoli face Juventus. I see this one is going to be a good game. Napoli have played such good football this season. Um, their past... F- their quick passing football from back to front is—it's just a joy to watch. But I think Juve are going to strangle this game. They're like a boa constrictor. Juve—they slow the game down. They nick a goal, then they sit back. And with Gonzalo Higuain, he's the guy that's going to nick the goal. It's going to happen. You know, he knows his teammates. He knows his ex-teammates at Napoli. He knows their games. He knows their weaknesses. He's an interesting one. The um, the game against Roma where after the game after the uh, game Iguain sort of made some comments and said you know he knew manolas was going to go to ground in the move gonzalo Higuain nicked the ball off the off de rossi drove through um, and waited 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 did a little bit of a shot fade. manolas threw himself to the floor A little sidestep, bang, It smashed the ball home from Gonzalo Higuain. So I expect Gonzalo Higuain, one of those players, is very smart and knows if his teammate has a certain trait or certain weakness that he can exploit. So I'm going to go 1-0 Juve, Gonzalo Higuain goal. In terms of the Liga, unfortunately, this weekend, there's nothing special. Um, You've got Malaga versus Atletico. Madrid, which I mentioned before, on Saturday... At 7.45, we got Real Madrid um, playing Alaves, Barcelona playing Granada and Sevilla playing Hehon all on Sunday. But nothing that really stands out. You know, they're probably um, games that are going to be won uh, by the teams that you expect. So I don't want to talk too much about that. But anyway, guys, it's time for what you've been waiting for. And that is the question. So a bit disappointed this week, guys. Um, we've only got, I think we've only got about seven questions in. You guys are better than that. I know you are. You listen. You are better than that. Remember to tweet me at Sam and Dave whenever you want to send those questions in. So, questions first up. Uh, woo, this is one hell of a handle on Twitter. So, get your pen down ready to follow this dude or dudette at 64F75682F79A444. At Statman Dave, Krovac, Carrick Replacement. He's a player that I've completely forgot about existed in world football. A player that is absolutely brilliant in a 4-2-3-1 at defensive midfield, breaking up the play, winning tackles, and then, you know, dictating the play from deep. Honestly, kind of think he'd be the perfect guy for Mourinho's Manchester United. I really, really do. I feel like if you sat him next to Paul Pogba, I mean, you've got a really good blend of aggression and then that technical ability of Paul Pogba. But also... Krovac is a very 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 good footballer it's weird that he's not made it at PSG it's one of those things where Emery's made a mistake they're not trying to get Krovak into the team I think they, he did get into the side but then he had a bad few games and uh, it's just been dropped since then so maybe United could sneak here, sneak under the radar and nick him for around 10 million quid Nah, no, that's a lie 20 million quid let's say um, so that's, that's that from uh, Newman. With a crazy Twitter handle. Yeah, Krovac would, would be a very good Carrick replacement. A different player again, but I remember I've always been saying, don't, you can't replace Michael Carrick because he doesn't exist. The, ne- you know, the next player that's going to be like Michael Carrick uh, potentially could be someone like Julian Weigel, but Mourinho ain't going to move the side on like that. He's going to get someone that's aggressive that would want to win the ball like a Krovac type player. So on to Oscar Hollick's question What is the one area each top six team should try to strengthen in the summer? And What would you strengthen each with? So let's just go through them in no particular order. Manchester United first, goals from midfield. The signing of Antoine Griezmann of £85 million would make complete sense. Manchester City at fullback, massively need to strengthen there. Also at defensive midfield. In terms of fullback, I think that's more important. I'd get someone like Juan Bernat potentially from Bayern Munich. You know, not playing as much football as he has done in the past. Pep Guardiola signed him, makes 100% sense. Uh, in terms of Chelsea, they don't really need to strengthen that starting 11. Um, I think if they. They lose players, they need to get replacements. If Eden Hazard, uh, go potentially they could look at uh, Belotti or Sanchez. Arsenal, they just need to replace their manager, simple as pie. Liverpool, they should have got the hood. Potentially another option would be Roma's uh, Leonardo Prades. Uh, He's been very good this season. Deeper midfield, could be the guy to unlock defences for them. And of course, Tottenham, let's finish off there. Uh, Right midfield with Eric Lamella's injury. Um, I'm going to go with Dominic Berardi if um, yeah, Pochettino does want to go back to the 4 2 one I think he could be a great asset on that right-hand side coming in onto a stronger left foot a great creative talent so the next question in from at Rocky Suck if Abamian goes in the summer should BVB replace him with Lukaku? would it suit their style of play? I think yes it definitely suit their style of play I think Dortmund um, play a little bit like what you imagine a Pep Guardiola team to play, very zonal, um, all about creating chances for their striker and someone like Lukaku can take those chances um, on the plate. And I think that's something that Bemiang has grown to do at Dortmund, but something that Lukaku is already doing. I think it'd be an absolutely perfect replacement for their style. Uh, Moving on to at P Gentner's question on Twitter, is Coutinho a suitable replacement for Iniesta? Which Shungtan has the most similarities to Iniesta in terms of playing style? Well, I think not really, not yet in his career. Coutinho needs to show me more uh, in a deeper position, more control, more guile in that deeper position. I think Coutinho is better as a winger at the moment. In terms of players most like uh, Iniesta right now, I think you've got to look at someone like Isco in terms of his style of play, how he controls the ball. That's quite Iniesta-like, but nowhere near as good as the great Spanish central midfielder. So maybe Barcelona pick up Isco. And let's finish things off with um, at Rafa underscore AV25's question. Who... According to you, out of the three is overhyped. Rashford, Pulisic and Mbappe, I think they're all talented players. I don't think there's any overhyping going on there. They're all top of their age group at the moment in European football um, and all will be big stars. And that has been that for the Statman Dave Football Podcast, episode 35. We've been going for seven whole weeks. Thanks for listening, guys. Make sure, if you want to be comment of the week, uh, jump onto iTunes and and write a little, uh, little comment to make me chuckle. Anyway, guys, over and out. See you later. Goodbye. Have a w- wonderful weekend. See you on Monday for now.